Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scottsmenswear.com. Morning. Here we go again. RGMers. Welcome to a new episode of the RGM Experience Podcast. How are we all? Yeah, another week. Here we go. Yeah, I hope you've had a nice week, guys. We've been chilling. <clears throat> Plenty on. Loads of live music. Loads of stuff going on. Yeah, last week's episode seems to have gone down really well. With the otherness, the boys... They're all in Berlin now. I wonder how they're getting on with the with the showcase and everything. Stressful times for them. Busy times, great times. Yeah, I'm going to let you know last week about the RGM Live gig. It was the last podcast was recorded just before the gig, and yeah, yeah, we were down at Gulliver's last Saturday. Not the one that's just gone. The one before. We had Dalmas, Driftwood, and Last Clouds. Yeah. So RGM Live, you know, we, we, we're trying to put on as many bands as we can in Manchester and Sheffield and specifically share bands between the two cities that are looking to try and get out of town. So we know that's difficult for bands. So we're going to be doing that a lot more. And again, it's, you know, it's just RGM Live is just another arm of what we do here at RGM and you know we hire venues put bands on we review bands we talk about them on podcasts we do as much as we can I hope you appreciate it and thanks for joining in to another episode with me Carl Maloney here on the RGM Experience website sponsored by Scott Spenswear thank you Yeah, this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is a brand new one with a comedian, Harriet Dyer. Now, the, right at the beginning of the interview, there was a little a little story about when I met Harriet uh, down at uh, Rolling on the Floor Comedy in Sheffield. An amazing new comedy place that I will entice you and try and get you all to visit. It's a great place. And they look after you. So Harriet is the new MC of the um, of the venue, and I think she's great. So we caught up, we had a great chat about all things comedy, mental health, and a good look behind the scenes of the comedy world. Really, I, I really enjoyed the chat. Yeah, everything's on. The first place where you can hear about new stuff on this podcast is on Twitter at RGM Pod. 
And the video version of the uh, interview with Harriet will be live shortly on YouTube too, on Wednesday at six o'clock. So you can set a little reminder, it's set up as a premiere now. If you want to watch it face to face and just see me squirm about how she recalls meeting me for the first time. Mm. I'd rather too many boozers. I'm trying to get better at that, knowing my limits and that kind of stuff, but sometimes you just take it a bit too far, don't you? And it's all good, by the way, you know, nothing bad happened. It's, it's a funny story to start off the podcast with. Uh, I'll leave you to it. Yeah, we as a as RGM, we're looking forward to sponsoring Macclesfield in May festival. That's in October at Christchurch in Macclesfield. Peter Hook and the Lights, Cabbage, John Bramwell, Space Monkeys, Lottery Winners, Pins, plus many more bands are on on this festival. So if you're interested in that, check out online. We'll put a link to the festival in this in the description so you can so you can catch that we're sponsoring the festival and we're proud to because all the money goes towards Christie's a cancer charity um, so we're more than happy to you know support those type of causes and you know it's charity let's do as much as we can so without further ado let's crack on with the website with, with the website I can't think you know uh, with, let's carry on with the guest and you're going to really enjoy Harriet I like Harriet. She's sound. Harriet's a comedian for over 10 years. Author. Loads of other things. We get to know her on this podcast. So take it away. Thank you. Welcome to a brand new podcast. It's the Algemic Experience podcast with me, Colm Maloney, the host. And today we've got another comedian on his hands. We've got Harriet Dyer. Hiya, mate. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. We're going to talk about the Sheffield Club that you're now hosting. Exciting stuff. Uh, and you're the resident MC uh, down in Sheffield on Roll on the, Roll on the Floor Laughing. I always get yeah. the initials wrong. Ruffle, isn't Ruffle. it? I didn't, I didn't even know what it meant. <laughs> right, uh, okay. Ruffle. Ruffle comedy <laughs> in Sheffield. So, you know, you know, MC yeah. at that event, but we'll come to that in a bit. I want to get to know you a little bit, if that's okay, Harriet. Now, I think I, I want to cover the first time I saw you in real life, really. And um, the other day when I came down to the Sheffield gig for the first time ever. Uh, I didn't know whether you'd want to mention this. Oh, no, no. Yeah, 100% balls deep. Let's go into it. Because... Um, I feel like I've got to explain myself a little bit. <laughs> so, what it was, um, me, uh, I haven't seen my mates in a long time because of lockdown and stuff. I live in Manchester now and I, and I was allowed out with the lads on a, uh, on a Saturday. So we all had a drink through the day and Scott, one of my mates, he just had a, an idea to bake a cake, which is, okay, fair enough. He bought us hats and everything. We had a few beers and we baked a cake that day. Uh, just a random thing. Um, we all got jolly the night progressed and we went down to the comedy club and we were a little bit late getting in well one, one of the last ones in and as a result of that the only position that was left in the club was right <laughs> at the fucking front of the stage <laughs> so so we're there all, I'm like oh god this is not where I want to be I'm nicely a light here I'm kind of like I think I've drunk too much and I'm in this position now where it's quite intimidating to be right at the front and the first person I saw was Harriet and it was you. <laughs> and that that's how we kind of like um, saw each other for the first time in the same room, I think, weren't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, because I didn't realise that sort of... 
Because <laughs> I've sort of known you from afar in comedy, yeah. and then because a few comedians have uh, written for your magazine about sure, yeah, yeah, and so uh, and then so the people that work at the club were saying there are three <laughs> very drunk men <laughs> at the front, and they said one guy is, was so drunk that we. Well, we we've actually stopped serving him, and I was like, "Really? Because yeah. that's never happened at the beginning of the show yeah. before." And it turns out to be yeah. you. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> it was me. I, I was. Uh, yeah, I had, I had a nice day, and it was just quite, it was quite intimidating to be at the front. Because, and the first thing yeah. you said to me was, "Are you are you that guy from our gym?" I'm like, "Oh shit." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because when you said your full name, because who says that as well? If you go, what's your name? You never say Carl Maloney. Yeah. So that that dropped you in it as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, and you were uh, you didn't need the comedy. I think you needed to just be out roaming free. Yeah. Um, because you you couldn't really even focus. You were just sort yes. of drifting. you were yeah. just <laughs> gazing into the distance. Well, I, 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 Not in the front row with all the lights well, on. Well, what are we what are we trying to do? is because i respect the art so much i was trying to like i I was in this position there was nothing i could do about it and i didn't want to like i didn't want to interrupt you i didn't want to interrupt anybody else um i just wanted to kind of just enjoy the night but not be where i was sat (laughs) if if you get me so it was kind of like bless you yeah Yeah. well you did it because in the second section i moved i I got to the back yeah i I moved straight out of the way yeah because it would i just wanted to enjoy the comedy without feeling like i've got this light on me because yeah yeah. it was so funny because your sort of version of incognito was just because like i said oh where's he gone and then they pointed at the back and there's you just like with loads of drinks in your hands (laughs) and your glasses like all falling down and then i think (laughs) you were asleep (laughs) yeah there we go go. (laughs) but i really enjoyed it down in the club and and i would encourage anybody else to go down as well because they they were a really nice team it was it wasn't welcoming I, i'd had too much to drink but we've all been there at certain stages <laughs> in this lives haven't we um we all enjoy it but yeah let, let's yeah just wanted to get that out of the way how are you but it, it was a good night <laughs> i really enjoyed how you how well you introduced the acts and that kind of stuff and, and the rapport that you've got with the acts and it's not all what, what i what i like about emceeing is that and, and my favorite thing is is when you're kind of like when, when you know the acts that you're introducing and you take the piss out of them when they come on, I, I like that. Oh, I like that. Because it's very human, isn't it? Yeah. It makes it different to what it's like if you were to watch it on the telly or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, what kind of, so you know, tell us a little bit about you first. But what, what were you like as a, as, a, as a young Harriet, just starting off in the world? <laughs> well, as a young Harriet, yes. I was born in Cornwall. Right. And uh, so I've lived there... Uh, well, because my thing is, I'm from Cornwall, but if I'm completely honest, I was actually born in London. But right. so I just felt like a massive liar just saying that. Okay. Um, but um, but left when I was four. So you know those people yeah. that are like, uh, I'm actually half from London or <laughs> half Italian, and they <laughs> right, just okay. like sniffed at it. Yeah. Raised in the Cornwall. Yeah. Uh, and then, well, never thought of doing comedy or anything like that. Mm. And what I think I've had, I've had quite an eventful life, actually. I died yeah. twice when I was 17. Right. Dad left my mum for a man. Yeah. Uh, and then, well, I got into drugs and drink and was a bit of a delinquent. Yeah. And then I went to uni. And then. Let, let, of, let's oh, go back. I, let's go back a little bit. You died twice when yeah. you were 17. Go on. Yeah, so I, well, I was quite delinquent and I was just partying a lot, not really Mm. listening to my body. And um, 
And then, well, I went on the farm. When my dad left, I went on the family holiday mm. uh, to because everyone was quite stressed. So we, yeah. we went on a family holiday to London, which is not a relaxing <laughs> location. Uh, at my auntie Mavis's house, who is not a relaxing person either, yeah. and. Uh, uh, and she was actually, um, she went viral in 2010 for teaching a cat to sing opera on YouTube. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. right, okay. And, um, I will find that and add a link to that <laughs> on yeah. this channel as well, definitely. <laughs> and um, she, uh, yeah, so she was like, let's go sightseeing. And I was like, no, Auntie yeah. Mavis, I feel terrible. And she was like, get on the <laughs> London Isle, girl. And, uh, and then, so whilst all this was happening, I didn't have a clue. And my appendix had burst, nice. but I didn't know. Nice. And then I went back to Cornwall, and then like, it was all going gangrenous. And then I was going out with this guy at the time that was very skinny, very hairy, so I called him the pipe peener. And he was like... <laughs> come out clubbing so I went out clubbing dancing away in this awful pain and uh, eventually got rushed to hospital wow. and uh so died then was bejumped and then uh and then got better was sent home but then couldn't breathe so then uh and then I was told I had pneumonia so I went back in and then wow. the nurse didn't plug me into the uh the breathing thing and yeah. then the ne- nebulizer is it not the incubator that's for the babies. Uh, and then uh, died again. Right, okay. But of course we can laugh about it now. <laughs> yeah, that's a miracle. <laughs> so how, how did that affect you as a young kid? You know, did it, did it mean, did, did, you, did you start to calm down? You weren't partying as much or um, did it affect you in a positive way or no? Uh, I guess because... Yeah, because that and a few things made me realise, because I had, like, deaths, uh, friends died and stuff as well, so I yeah, had okay. I realised young sort of how important life was, mm. I guess. Uh, but do you know what was annoying? Because I didn't want to... Uh, I didn't want to stop drinking and that. Yeah. Uh, and But I had quite good friends, I guess, that were like, yeah. oh, you shouldn't really drink and do that because you've been very ill. And I was like, oh, bloody <laughs> Damn you, friends. <laughs> so I was trying... Yeah, <laughs> so I was trying to like sneakily drink in that, but bless them, they would just be being nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess, yeah, so I guess I, I don't know whether I would have gone to uni and all of that, although I only really went to uni to escape Cornwall. Yeah, sure. It's then covered, isn't it? Your yeah. escape. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned, and then your dad split up. Went went with a man. What kind of? How long ago was that? Was that when when things I were more acceptable been- or? Uh, well, funny you should say that because my my dad was born in the late forties when it was still illegal to be wow. gay, so he must yeah. have um, harboured these feelings wow. all of, and in Cornwall, which is backwards at the best of times. Yeah. So on a, on a farm, uh, so it would be yeah, it would be interesting to see if he was born now. Well, that would be odd because then I would be <laughs> the, the the daughter. Of a, <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so it's well, it's yeah, it's very interesting to, 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 because sure. obviously things might have been different if it was in different times. Yeah, because I guess a lot of people did that back then, just come because because I imagine coming out and all that is difficult the best of times, yeah. let alone when you're told by society that it's illegal. Yeah. I, I I can't imagine the stresses of being in that position. It just must be torturous and yeah. um, 
you know, that to have that kind of thing hidden and not be able to express yourself and be yourself, I can't imagine anything worse. Well, exactly. And then, so then having that all your life and then to have it, I guess, when it is a bit more acceptable, but then mm. you've got blooming kids and a wife who mm. who you are everything to. So I saw it at the time because he just, it seemed, well, it's from a child's perspective, isn't yep. it? So I saw it as just suddenly one day he was just, off with all these men yeah. listening to different music and all this. Whereas obviously, and because now, because I used to think, oh, we were always going away on these work trips, but now obviously right, okay. I don't know what that was. Um, so at the time, I just saw it as, oh no, he's ruined our family. Whereas now, obviously, I realised that, yeah. you know, the the how awful it would have. Obviously, you don't think, oh well, you know, as a child, blah 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 blah. So. Yeah. But now, yeah, I just think it must have been terrible. Is he still around? Is he still with us? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Mr. Lance Dyer. So he's still he's living his real life now, enjoying himself and... Yeah, well, I don't time. think as much as he would like, because he was supposed to. Yeah. So he met this man called Stratos in Greece, and okay. he was supposed to go to Greece, so he retired to go to Greece. Set up a legal highs shop with okay. Stratos in Greece. Yeah. Uh, but then um, Stratos was having an affair with the builder of the legal highs shop. And then Stratos, and I don't know if this was related, but then Stratos ate a lot of the legal highs and died of pneumonia. Well, so- that, if that's not a pilot waiting to be written, <laughs> Harriet, <laughs> you're a comedian. You must be writing some kind of pilot and have something in your in your back pocket. Well, yeah, I haven't written, actually, yeah, I haven't uh, mentioned any of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there you go, there you go. Um, you forget, though, don't you? When, yeah. when you're just used to stuff happening, you don't sure. see it as, oh, here is... Um, here is a pilot. You just think, oh, bloody this again. <laughs> <laughs> so after that then, just so what happened in Harriet's world after that? Uh, so, yeah, so that happened. Then was ill. Then, uh, well, was just a delinquent child, really. Mm. And then moved. Well, wanted to go to uni. Uh, well, wanted to go to drama school, mm. but even with scholarship and that, couldn't afford it. Mm. So I went to, uh, well, my friend Batty was going to Wolverhampton Uni and I liked her. So I was like, yeah. right, Doing I that. will go with you. But why? Because I wanted to escape Cornwall because I had sort of uh, trouble, like, uh, well, a bit of a, abuse and that when I was younger. Okay. So I thought, um, oh, if I leave Cornwall, everything will be fine. But then yeah. what I learned was wherever you go, your brain's still in your head. Mm. So then I was just in wolverhampton feeling depressed right, okay. of cornwall yeah. which is worse <laughs> no offense right. so funny <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure so so you do a podcast yourself and you're very open about you know you're, you're a mental health uh, advocate yourself you, you do a podcast about you've got a book you're an author uh, all about it as well an author i know i've been reading your i've been reading your website mate <laughs> and so so what made you go into comedy is it because I, I attempted comedy and was on the circuit for about a year 10 years I ago you. yeah I didn't know this. yeah it was when uh, alfie moore performed uh at the gig the other night uh he was yeah. just he was just coming through he'd had his tv he was on a tv show on itv um, and that gave him a lot of like traction. And then he he was like headline. He just started to headline when I when I was just getting five minutes here, five minutes there, just doing it. And yeah. I kind of I wanted to do it just to 
the band had split up and music weren't happening for me. That's like my first passion. And then we started comedy and my heart wasn't really in it. I, I loved, I, I wanted to do it. I wanted to try it and I gave it a good go, but my heart wasn't in it. It's not for everybody, is it? The whole comedy no. game. So, so what, what got you into it? I kind of, what I kind of tried it because I wanted to, I wanted to have a go and not regret not having a go at it, if you get me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my heart wasn't fully in it and I wasn't committed to the art and writing and all the hard work that goes on behind the scenes that people don't really see. How did you, you know, get into it? Uh, well, at this, uh, the one good thing about being in Wolverhampton was mm. that as part of this uni course, there was uh, a comedy in, it was the only uni at the time to have a module in stand-up comedy. And wow. I'd, like I said, I'd never, ever even thought of it. Mm. I didn't know it could be a thing that you could do and make a living from, even though obviously it was, but I'd never, because, you know, most people have been like, they've been fans of comedy all their lives and then got into it. Whereas I'd seen like French and Saunders, Red Nose Day specials and stuff yeah. and the Russ Abbott show. <laughs> that yeah. was about it. <laughs> and then... Um, uh, still classics. So, They're still classics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then... Um, so, so yes, yeah, so I've turned up one day, uh, but I'm still, I, I used to turn up with blooming gin in my water bottle mm. and uh, no one would work with me because it was a nightmare. And then uh, I've turned up and everyone's going, are you ready for the stand-up comedy assessment? And I was like, no, what? And then this guy goes, well, why don't you tell everyone this? Like, because there's a bigger story about when I died twice and all of this, because yep. apparently they liked it. So uh, so I was like, oh, all right. So I just got up, told this long story. Uh, and then I got on to absolute indifference because no one was bothered. To, well, probably uh, not even indifference, probably mm. dislike. <laughs> and then uh, And then left to applause and everyone thinking I was great and I couldn't believe it and yeah. just from telling something what happened uh and, and everyone laughing and I was like well that's good and it felt uh cathartic that obviously like mm. you say we can have a laugh about it now but but at like at the time I had died twice and mm. it was quite a story I guess so so to get laughs from it and uh, uh, I, well, I couldn't believe it. And then the head of drama came up to me and she said, you're an absolute mess and we need to sort you out, mm. but you're so good at that. That is something you could do. And then it was, um, then the acorn was planted. Yes. Uh, and I just felt like that was what, oh, not in a, in a knobby way, but what I was supposed to do really. Yeah. Cause with the acting, like in Cornwall, I was like a big fish in a small pond, so I was really good at it. But then once I left Cornwall, I was just average. And I think you do have to be spectacular at that to, yeah. to um, you know, to go far in it. But with comedy, I just, I just felt like, oh, well, well, yeah, this could, this could be my thing. So then it wasn't rosy then. Like I still had mm. problems and palavers, but that was then. I knew from then on that that's what I wanted to do. So then I was just sort of working working towards that really but obviously then finished uni and then mm. uh, got a job in retail as you do and all that sort of stuff so there was many uh distractions yes but, but yeah okay so reading your profile you said you got a big break from winning a gong show at the comedy store so where um a big break did i say that i think so but that's, you know, that, that's what people the kind of stuff people write on the profile in it um <laughs> so so yeah you're in wolverhampton just doing the course what so talk me through the journey from Wolverhampton to 
starting to make headway into the comedy world? Uh, so Wolverhampton uh, left uni uh, and then, well, I didn't know how mm. to do comedy. Yep. Uh, so I Googled gigs and then Mirth Control came up with the book gigs and that. And mm. then, so I got in touch with them and then they said, oh, send me your bio. Mm. So because I didn't know anything about it. So I've sent them a biography of my life. <laughs> so okay. I sent them, I was born. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because why? It's one of those things that you wouldn't know unless you knew. So <laughs> right, I've sent them the, the pretty much this interview <laughs> in typed form. And, um, and then... The, did they think it was a joke there. or did, they, did, did, you, did you get a reply from it? Yeah, because yeah. Oh, I've never had anything like that before <laughs> uh, and gave me a spot, but it was just a monologue. I, I just did the story of how I died twice that was just like yeah. one. And, he, and then he, so he put me for this on like a Saturday night mm. <laughs> at a comedy club and I've just told a 10-minute story about how I died because <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know. Sure. And then, um, oh, God, the cringe. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so we did that, and then obviously didn't hit back afterwards. Uh, and then, but still didn't know how to get other gigs. So that, so then I thought, oh, well, I'll start my own gig. So I yeah. started these terrible gigs in Birmingham that were just unsuitable, not even separate rooms, and, yeah. and because I just didn't have a clue. So I've probably... You know, when people get angry at people on the circuit that just sort out unplayable gigs, but they, they really don't know. Yeah. And no one bloody told me. So I was doing <laughs> them, and even though they were a disaster, they, I guess, allowed me to meet people that kind mm. of did know what they were doing. Yeah. But because I was a very trusting person, I would ask the comedians at these terrible nights I was doing how much they charged Instead of just getting the new racks to do it, open yeah. spots and that. So obviously they were telling me these crazy prices and I was playing it out. Those bloody comedians, <laughs> eh? <laughs> Sharp-witted people. <laughs> yeah. And then I was looking at them on stage and I was like, whoa, he's got me here, yeah. this guy. <laughs> So, so yeah, so it was a an absolute disaster, really. Uh, so, but, but then, mm. you know, like I said, it did lead to then no, eventually, I guess, knowing something that what I was supposed to do. So then I just, uh, so then I discovered that I'd need to do open spots to, mm. to progress. So then I would just gig everywhere. I would get like I, I, all on public transport. I didn't even, I don't even mm. know how I did it now. I would oh I would be in Huddersfield, then Cornwall, then Devon, then yeah. Bristol, then this. I was just gigging, gigging, gigging. People and, people don't appreciate that and, and the travel and stuff. Because when I was on the circuit for a year, I I had a I had work in the day, then I'd drive from Sheffield to Newcastle and back just to do five minutes. Yeah. Um then Manchester and back, then I don't know it could be anywhere, hold them back, you know, wherever yeah. the, the gig is. Spiky Mike Gong Show, you know, you might only be on it for you might only be on it for thirty seconds before you gonged off and yeah. then that's you on the way back yeah. in your car, that's it. And of how, how important do you think gong shows in particular are uh to the you know the progress and progression of a, a comedian these days? Uh, I don't know because I, I think I think I've changed my mind on this because mm. 
I think it toughens you up. But then I think, why should you need to be toughened up with an art form? Like, it mm. turns it into a sport, really. Yeah. Uh, but then, in the same way, when I did a, a gong show a, a few times, it was then that Alex Boardman at mm. the... Um, that, that was always seemed to be comparing when I was doing it. it was like get in touch you don't need to be doing these and then that was when I started getting better gigs so yeah. I guess in theory I think it's a nightmare but then it it did good for me so so I'm not yeah so I don't really know but there was nothing more depressing than once I did the one in London and I think I lasted, like you said, about 30 seconds to a minute. <laughs> and then I was getting the mega boss back. So to know that you're spending like eight hours on a coach mm. for each way mm. for 30 seconds of stage time, you've got it's to mental. be some kind of nutter. Yeah. It's to, mental, isn't it? To think that's all right and to keep going. Do you think there's a part of every comedian that's a little bit broken? Yeah. Well, I, I in, a, in, a, in, a, in a positive way. Yeah. yeah, I ended up doing my dissertation on it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And what did and you, what did you find? Out? What did you discover? Well, yeah, everyone's fucked. Oh yeah, so everyone's fucked. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> but it depends on how you look at it because yeah. there were things like because when I was looking at the, like the definition, the, the the people were saying, "Oh well, you know, maybe even Peter Kay is because he's mm. considered overweight," and I was like, "Really?" Because I don't think of that as dysfunctional and yeah. and and broken, but. Uh, so yeah, uh, everyone is. There's very sometimes on the circuit you'll meet people and you'll be like, "What's what's with you? You seem normal. I'm not yeah. sure this is for you." <laughs> and then they'll do something or say something. You're like, "Ah, yeah, one yeah. of us." <laughs> yeah, you've got it. You've got it. <laughs> so it's been nearly ten years since you've been a comic. It says on your profile again. Yeah. So yeah. and 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 you've been doing it full time. So this is your main income is comedy. Yeah, since well. We say 2013, but if I'm honest, I think more like mm. 2015. I yeah, okay. I was like mainly doing it, but sure. then now I can comfortably, well, comfortably is a, a, a stretch, <laughs> but I can, I am living sufficiently, I guess. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how is it, you know, how is it, so if everybody don't know, you, you, you have to start doing the odd gong show. You do the first five minutes, then maybe you might get a paid slot, which is not good money for 15 minutes. No. Then you get half an hour slots, and then you start doing um, opening slots and headline slots. What, was that the normal progression for you? Is that how you made your way and um, through the through the industry to, to become more established? Um, I don't know if it was. I think I was mm. strange in the fact that I was like, right, I've got a big old story to tell. So I really early on went yeah. to Edinburgh and did an hour at the Free Fringe and everyone was like, what the hell are you doing? An and, hour? Uh, oh, it was a disaster. But it, but then, I don't know, I just feel like I then had lots to say quickly, but it was okay. all just talking about life, really. So... So was um, it was it structured? It must have been stru- stru- kind of structured. Yeah, but a little bit. You could say now, after over ten years, yeah. is it still structured? No. no. Okay. No, I'm just not a structured person. But no, it wasn't structured. No. I guess now is more structured. Bullet guess, points. But bullet points at least. <laughs> At a push. At a push, right, okay. Probably four in an hour. Okay. <laughs> but it was definitely something. Yeah. Um, and then, so then I had, 
So then I think I had 20 quicker than a lot of people would have because mm. I had 40 minutes of shite of that and then right. uh, and then a, a set, I guess. And then I was just... And it was nice. There was a big group of us from Birmingham that mm. used to always gig together because I didn't drive at the time. So it was like a little community, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really nice. And then I was lucky because I got a job in uh like teaching drama and that that was only at the weekends it was like um like a theater school sort mm-hmm. of thing so the money was okay enough to to then spend the week gigging uh and traveling and all that and then so then I just wouldn't I probably did it the opposite way around to most people then so I was gigging all week but mm-hmm. then the weekends I could only really gig local because I had this I had this job Sure. Uh, but it was, but I was very lucky because then I, because after working in retail and just working every day, all day, then I, yeah, I had more freedom. So the, t- the 10 years is kind of like, it feels like it's a standard amount of time for a comedian to, to go through before they start, before they get established 10 years. And, and, and I, st- I still don't, uh, no matter how many times I mention it, I still don't think people appreciate how hard it is to get good at the craft of stand up comedy. For example, when I started watching gigs and started to do little bits, that was over 10, well, 10 years ago. And Kerry Pritchard McLean would just, you know, started Scott Bennett, who's just done live at the Apollo just now is his first big like gig. Yeah. Uh, Alfie Moore back in the day. That's that we saw in Sheffield the other night. I still, um, I still can't, you know, stress enough to people that, you know, the amount of hard work people go through to get to that, established stage when you start seeing them on the telly or you know they get they, they've made an income from it for a little for life I, I still i just want to stress how much hard work goes on behind the scenes so people are aware of well, it really well yeah there's so much more of a circuit because people always mm. actually go oh have you been on the telly and if you say well no not really they go they think oh well you can't possibly have made a living whereas yeah. you know people well, someone like deliso chaponda he was going for 20 years before he mm. was did really well on britain's got talent and then jen brister who was on mm. live at the apollo not too long ago she'd been going for about that time so then i think there are arguments for why that's better because then they can they've just got such a backlog of material that they can use instead of people that are sort of cannonballed uh to telly quickly and then mm. uh, and then you see them take off but then they sort of plateau because they've not really got the experience or um yeah. to to carry it on. So it's, yeah, it's all very interesting. You used to travel in the same car as Fern Brady, going up to Leeds to the Verve to do little stand-up gigs there. And, and she's now, you know, on Dave and all that kind of stuff. It's great oh, to see yeah. how much, you know, when you stick stick at it and you've got talent, it does work out, doesn't it? Yeah. But well, it's hard fucking work. She lived in York for ages, didn't she? Um, started, I, she was living in Sheffield because when I lived in Sheffield, it was. But this is like ten, eleven years ago. I, I didn't know her yeah. that well. I just tagged in a car ride with her a couple of times with yeah. uh, a few people. But yeah, it's good to see after all these years that people are like cracking on. It's just nice oh to yeah, see. especially with with like Scott Bennett because we started mm. similar times. Right. So to see him just get live at the Apollo yeah. and he is. Well, him and Kiri and, uh, uh, you know, up there with the most hardworking people mm. that you'll ever ever meet. So to know people that work that hard and still, you know, it's 10 years, it, it's, um, 
you know, that's and they're only kind of just starting so, really in the careers now. It, it yeah. feels like because people like I've seen you on telly once, and you know you can't be like any good, but they don't know about these ten. I'm, I'm going to stop banging on about it, but pe- comedians work hard, and that that's all I'm trying to like get across. Yeah, 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 and appreciate it. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned you know you've got this book out as well. You're a comedian, uh, the book by uh, the the bipolar comedian. So you so you're an ambassador for mental health as well. So what made you write the book? Uh, well, I've always, well, I read a lot of autobiographies mm. and, uh, well, I don't think I am majorly egotistical, but I did, or I have thought for a long time, but I do think my story is as good as mm. many of the autobiographies that I read. And then, so then I've sort of been chipping away at writing bits of mm. it for probably since 2018, just sort of as and when I had time and then when lockdown happened I was like yeah. well now no excuse now exactly <laughs> so when everyone was like oh I'm gonna write a book I was like no I've actually got to write this book <laughs> um so so I just well it was very bittersweet because it was then it, it was my savior really for mm. lockdown but then when I finally finished it we were still only really halfway through the lockdown yeah. and then I sort of felt I had no purpose anymore okay. so I was like oh well that's done I don't know what to do now but it was very um cathartic and uh, I loved writing it uh, even though I've realized that maybe I'm not uh great at grammar and stuff yeah. <laughs> I just sort of uh, throw brain guff out um but um well then but then when between writing it and then when it was out there mm. I, I was like then I felt violated that oh god I've told everyone my <laughs> oh business. god right okay and yeah and everyone's gonna know about my life and then, so there was a, a moment between writing it and then putting it out there and obviously yeah. the time when people were reading it and then I was just so nervous about what people would say what kind um, of what kind of thing did people say to you Oh, well, they were really nice as yeah. it happened. People, because I wrote it because when I was young uh, and struggling, I mm. felt so alone. So I wanted something to, uh, for people that, as well, to, that not just aimed at young people, but that speaks to people that are young, like as an equal mm. that knows what the, that what can happen rather than, no, let me tell you, sort yeah. of thing. Sure. So, um, so, and then, so the, uh, one of the nurses that I was at hospital, uh, with when I died twice, she, um, obviously, uh, recognized that I was troubled. And so she now asked, so she read it and then asked me to give them some for when people like me sort of, Back then, mm. <laughs> this is making sense. Come in, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting it. I'm kind of getting it. Yeah, yeah okay. so that they can give uh, my book to me's of the future. Okay. You know? Yeah. Okay. So and so that was really, you know, I imagine that was quite a small fry thing for a lot of people, but that was really wonderful because that's sort of how it was intended. So just people saying uh goodness i had no idea you went through all that and uh uh and but still made it funny and uh and is quite people saying it's quite inspiring and stuff so that's lovely really well i'll put a link to the book if anybody's interested in watching this interview for you and they they can have a they can have a gander at that and of course you're a comedian so you've got your own podcast too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. Well, I well, I've had many podcasts because I think I am um, 
Oh, well, people during lockdown uh, decided to get in touch with me to tell me, like professionals for the NHS, to say that they reckon I've got undiagnosed ADHD. Okay. So I get very bored with things and then start again. Yes. But one of the minute I've got is the Biggest Idiot podcast with John Pearson and Lindsay Santoro. But Lindsay's, uh, her baby has exited her. So it's on <laughs> hiatus okay. but, uh, while she... Sure. Uh, because John's like, why don't we get that? You cannot put a time on a woman's yes. feeling vagina. <laughs> yes. I've always said that. I've always said that. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you enjoy about the podcast process? Because uh, for, for, for me, um, it feels like you're, you're batting your head against a wall sometimes, just, you know, finding audiences for them because it's such a saturated market. But yeah. I, I, I love the medium. I love how easy it is to produce and I, I try and produce them as 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 good as I can and you know use mics proper mics and that kind of stuff and just make them as professional as I can and try and offer advice to I don't know the a lot a, a lot of the episodes are around the music industry and that kind of stuff so we cover all that yeah. um I, I just like performing in a way and since the band um packed in 10 years ago when everybody got boring I tried comedy it weren't really for me but I think I've always liked radio and this is just very accessible and uh, and an enjoyable process for me. That's why I do it. How, how do you find it? Well, yeah, I guess it, I didn't think of it like that. It is very accessible and you're, you don't have to really rely on anyone else to mm. change it and tweak it. It's, you know, it's, it's all you really. And it doesn't matter it? what you say, you're not regulated. It's no. great like that. You can swear if you want, not that that's cool or out, but you know, it, it just doesn't matter. You can have a, <laughs> you can have a human conversation with people. Um, yeah. and, and people tend to embrace that these days. Well, like, I think long gone are the old style interviews when, when you might've seen on telly where there's just like quick fire questions and that kind of stuff. People are kind of over that. People want to hear, stories about people these days and more yeah. more long form long form interviews like Joe Rogan and all that kind of stuff podcasts and all the american comedians have all got one and they're all doing long form interviews i just i just find the medium changing i just find it quite interesting yeah no you're right yeah that well though the one thing that i don't like is why i like doing it with john and lindsay mm. is because i'm not very good at all the editing and stuff like that right. and john is very good at that so mm. we just leave that to john sure Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm terrible at all that, and I oh, and then I I didn't even know how I manage it. I managed to put sound on top of other sound. <laughs> okay. <then> I, <laughs> so it's all working out. Oh, terrible. <laughs> but then, yeah, it's all working out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so how how what how, what got you to Sheffield? And do you live in Sheffield now? Then or do you travel for the? Gigs? I know. I, li- I live in Gossip, so I live forty oh, okay. about forty minutes. Right. Okay. Um, and I love it. Well, I, 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 I live in Denton, Manchester. Oh, it's a nearby. So I'm, I'm, I'm only two minutes that road. All that traffic in Mottram, Ball Lake, <gasps> uh, to get onto Snake Pass or whichever way you go over to Sheffield. Yeah. Uh, we're dead. Um, so, oh, it's not too far then. traffic is awful, yes. though. Because when life was normal, we're gigging, and people like Manchester acts would go, oh, uh, can you get me? I'm in Manchester. Mm. And I'd be like... I can take you home, but there is no, no way on this God for us. <laughs> I'm so, oh God, it's terrible. Mm. Um, and then I was very nervous about the snakes, but because I was doing the uh, the Derby ruffle uh, yes. for a while, okay. and then when a space moved into the Sheffield one, I was like, it's only forty minutes. Away. Mm. Uh, so, but I was very nervous about snakes pass because of all the sheep. 
the rogue sheep. Yep. And uh, the wine, because I'm a terrible driver as well. <laughs> okay. I saw a badger last weekend oh my Lord. on its back with uh, with its legs in the air like an upside down table. Oh, no. Did you Very try and well. save it? No, it'll bite you though, won't it? And then you'll get TB. No, it was, de- if it's oh, it was dead. If it's, if it's on its back. <laughs> I, I thought I just imagined it like an aardvark thing just with his legs like that. <laughs> No, okay, all right, okay. Unless that was part of the plan to entice people <laughs> while it's actually sleeping. I, yeah, I, I like to say it's asleep when because my me, me missus doesn't like to see an injured animal, and we you do see a lot on the snake pass, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah always, missus must have to. You must have to like blindfold. Yeah, just blind, just face the other way. It, it's asleep. <laughs> it's, it's just yeah. having a sleep. Bless it. Um, so yeah, yeah so, so you travel from Glossop to to the Sheffield kicks, and so is it Thursday, Friday, Saturday? You do? Uh, no, talk Friday, through. just Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturdays. So how did you get the yeah. gig then? Talk us through. Um, talk us through this gig that you're now, um, you know, MC for and you're, and you're, and you're working hard and, you know, do, do, you book uh, the, do you book the comedians as well or do you help have anything oh, to do with that? No? Oh, no, no. They don't okay. give me that level. Of <laughs> right, okay, fair enough. Sure. <laughs> um, so Roffle, the mastermind behind Roffle, Lee Jones, so he books, yeah. he books okay. and does all that. And then I was doing, like I said, I was doing the Derby one mm. and then now do this one. But I, I love it because I, uh, well, you get through because you don't, well, like, it's going to make me sound lazy here, but you don't really write material. I think of stuff mm. like, so on the journey, I'll think of stuff and then I'll sort of uh, talk about it on stage and then just chat to everyone. And I think it was so much more enjoyable to MC after lockdown as well, because it was sort of dealing with people more. Mm. And I thought I hated people, but after <laughs> lockdown, I was just so happy to see people <laughs> yeah. and to talk to people and <laughs> to hear about people's lives and stuff. So, um, so yeah, so I, I just uh, thoroughly enjoying it. And then, and then because all uh, I sort of gig throughout the week and then on yeah. the Sunday and then have this on the Friday and Saturday. And I love, cause I think, one thing, well, it will be argue. It will be one thing that people love to do with comedy, and one thing that mm. people don't like is the fact of um, there's no routine really. Mm. But I haven't had routine for so long, so I love that I'm at the same place right. every okay. Friday, Saturday with mm. pro acts, and just and I love it that it's sort of. Well, this sounds very wanky, but like my well, it's not mine, but my that, that I'm. Uh, responsible. I don't know whether I'm responsible. Part of a team. My, yeah, part of a team. Part yeah. of creating something yeah. that that's that will be special mm. and bring laughter to people. I think, I, I think it's really wonderful. I mean, that sounds so cheesy. It's not. It's not, it's, it's a great room. It's <laughs> it's a great room in there as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's built. Yeah, it's yeah, purpose it's built for comedy. Because you mentioned it earlier when you when you put gigs on in Birmingham, and I've been to many comedy clubs where people have just put a microphone in the corner of a room in a pub or something like that. Oh, and yeah. uh, and the people in the pub aren't respecting it. They're talking and it's just, it's just kind of, it's just a fight to even, you know, yeah, have a conversation on a microphone at some point. Past. Yeah, yeah it, could be, it could be anything. And it, yeah, it's a nightmare. But, <laughs> yeah. but it, it's a purpose-built room in Sheffield. And Sheffield needs more things like, new new things like this in it, I feel as well. And it's, it's a great yeah. addition. It's a great addition to the Sheffield, uh, to the, to, to Sheffield. Yeah, because I've only because I only really would go to Sheffield for there was the um, oh it was fantastic. Did you ever go to the Square Hole Comedy Club? It's mm. like an old. I don't think it's happening anymore. It's the like, alternative, and that was a was great it at the Red room. Deer? Yeah, 
Yeah, what's what he called now? Richard? Milner. Richard Milner. Yeah, Richard Milner, yeah. Yeah, he was doing it upstairs. And, uh, that was just fantastic. And that, I think that stopped over lockdown. And then yeah. so that, and that was a great little room. And then mm. this is, is, well, I think the good thing is as well, it's always, uh, there's always an act with a completely different style, really. So there's something mm. for everyone. It's it's not, you'll just go somewhere and it'll be like the same three sort of blokes. It's never yeah. really like that. And I guess, and you've always got me being weird yeah. <laughs> between, <laughs> between the bits. Um, and uh, and now as well, because we've got these new seats as well. So it was like, I think God, tell me there, about it. Like church, church, <laughs> church pews. But now yeah. we've got like these diner. Oh, uh, have coffee. the pews gone? Have the, yeah, have the, the pews. pews. Can you get more people in now? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay. And they just look, just looks more funky, I think. Yeah, um, I, I remember sat on that pew right in front of you, just proper drunk, thinking, <laughs> well, I just want to, I want, I want to go over there. Because <laughs> <laughs> usually the, the, the pews, because they were very uh, straight at the back, but so usually they were bad because then everyone's very alert. Yeah. I think, I think, I dread to think if the seat was more, uh, those pews were more comfortable, that you would have been completely slid down. I would try, I would try <laughs> to lay to the side, just like, just, <laughs> And, and, and you asked me a question and I said something about cake, didn't I? Because we'd made a cake. Yeah, lemon drizzle cake. And, and that obviously threw you. You weren't expecting it. Because <laughs> why, why Why? the fuck would you? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I'm going to come again and I'm not going to be as drunk and I'm going to no. come and enjoy a night for... It's only about 12 quid and all, isn't it? Yeah, twelve pound a ticket. And yeah. why don't you get in touch? And yes. we will make sure you are not at the front. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. That'd be good. But that well, doesn't mean you can get off your tits on lemon, lemon drizzle cake. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. Is there anything else that you want to share about the club? Anything exciting coming up uh, about the comedy club that you want to share with the people watching it? It's, it's a bit of an advert. Why not? It's a great club. Yeah, well, there's the great acts every week. Mm. Uh, we've had Tony Loy the other yeah. week. He was fantastic. Um, this this week, I think we've still got... The, the problem has been, though, because of, because of lockdown and the unpredictability, we mm. haven't booked our, booked our acts as in advance as right. one would like. So usually I'd be going, oh, well, there's this person coming up, mm. that person coming up, but... Um, but just know there are many wonderful people. Yes. Oh, is it? So this week we've got Josh Pugh, who's very good. Mm-hmm. But here's a fun fact about Josh Pugh. Did you know that he played for the England partially sighted team in the Olympics and has done three world championships with them? Does he not talk about it in his stand-up? No, this is What's all thing. that about? <laughs> yeah, because I saw a show, like a work in progress show when he was sort of saying about uh, his eyesight and that, yeah. and then it never made it to the to the uh, the show that it did become. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe as well, maybe he doesn't talk about his woes as much as someone like me. Like, <laughs> and me as well. I know, me as well. I'm in yeah. that boat as well. Well, Harriet Dyer, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure joining us on this interview today, mate. I really appreciate your time. Uh, and if, you, if you're not already, get yourself down to Sheffield uh down to the comedy club it's where the the old pizza express on the corner near the green room yeah. just across from devonshire green get yourself down it's for in hemingways hemingways also very fancy yeah they they, they don't serve you though if you if you've had a bit too much to drink well that's the right thing to do of course. <laughs> <laughs> so cheers mate all the best and thanks again thank you <laughs> thank you oh you'll have enjoyed that i know you will have 
Massive thanks for Harriet for joining us down again for the podcast. Thanks, mate. So, yeah, I, do, I urge you to go and check out this new... Well, kind of new. It's been a few months now. Loads of professional comedians. Just jump on the website. I'm going to put a link to the, the website where to get tickets and things on this uh, on the description of this podcast. Enjoy yourself. Take your, Go and take a, a night out and some nice professional stand-up comedy. Why not? Yeah, keep in touch with us at RGM Pod on Twitter. The video version of the interviews out on Wednesday. Have a look on the archives. There's plenty to find there. Just for example, you know, the previous episodes, we've had The Otherness, The Cover Sets, Sean Ryder, The Blinders, who I went to see in Manchester the other night. That were a good gig. The Lithams celebrating a new, uh, new number one album. We released that on RGM recently as well. Check, check out rgm.press with all the latest music news. Tom Bin's another comedian and a great interview. Uh, and of course, we started off with John, Dr. John Cooper Clark on, on the first episode. Red Rum Club. You know, this, series, this series has been very enjoyable. So have a look around. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us again this week. We're going to be, we're going to be with you next week as well. We're going to be with Sam Shinner, or Shiner. I'm always pronouncing things wrong, aren't I, these days? Well, Sam's going to be joining us. She's a an ambassador for new music, uh, a band manager herself. So we have a good chat about, you know, get to know Sam and what she's all about. There's loads of characters in this music industry. You just all you have to do is just look around. Come and join us. Enjoy the podcast. Thanks for again for joining us for another week down at RGM Experience Podcast. It's very much appreciated. And have a great week. And we will see you again this time next week for another podcast. I've been Carl Maloney, and I'll see you next week. Cheers, guys. Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Be a part of it with Scott's Menswear, the go-to destination for sports fashion. With a reputation spanning over 30 years, Scott's has a mega brand catalogue featuring Adidas Originals, Nike, Fred Perry, Pretty Green, and many more. Here at RGM, we love the support that they offer us and the music-loving community around us. Check them out at scotsmenswear.com. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe. Tell a friend about our show. And thank you for your support. And we'll see you next week.